welcome back to the Face Off Spot. This is your host, Adam Larson. We'd like to thank you guys for tuning into another episode. We uh, we always appreciate it when you guys tune in. Um, man, we, we had a great episode last week for you guys that didn't check out uh, Gordon Bell's episode. Uh, Gordon and I had a, a really, really good chat. Um, but, you know, sometimes when we have these chats, I start thinking about, well, who else do I know that uh, might be a little bit further out of the way, M- might not necessarily be from Texas, but but who do I know out there that I could have a good conversation with? And uh, my next guest is somebody that's actually come up on the podcast, I would say, more than a handful of times, because uh, I would say that he's very, very well known in not just the hockey world, but uh, I would say the Midwest. And now he considers himself to be a uh, more of a, a northerner, but uh, I would like to introduce my next guest on this show. Uh, he was my high school hockey coach. Uh, he had a uh, very long professional uh, playing career and uh, a, a good, uh, decent chunk of coaching as well. Um, but I would like to welcome uh, the one and only uh, Butch Cable to the show. Butch, thank you so much for coming on. Awesome. Hey, Glad to I, be on, Adam. Hey, I'm excited. I do have to say this because I am being honest when I said that it just kind of with a lot of the guests that I've had on, because I want to say that you're episode 86 or 87. But anyway, I've, I've had a few people on and uh, it's funny how a lot of the people that I have on, you kind of realize like, hey, like, who do we uh, who, who who do we know mutually? Who Who's somebody that we both know? And your name just continues to keep coming up. I know that I live in Texas now. <laughs> uh, you spent some time down here. But Butch, I just had to have you on the show. Uh, yeah. at, at, at some point we just, cause you know, I've, I've talked so much about you. And, uh, so I'm really glad that, uh, you're able to make it on, but, um, just to give everybody a heads up, you, you are currently in, uh, Minnesota and you said that it's, it's cold. You said it's cold there right now. Is it cold? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's been cold. It's been a, a heck of a spring, but I, I kind of just want to start off the same way that I start all my guests off. And, um, I want to go back because um, you are definitely from a hockey family. Uh, I'll just leave it at that. But I wanted yeah. to get into how you got uh, interested in the game uh, to start off with. Uh, it might not necessarily have been the first time that you uh, stepped yeah. out onto the ice, but I just kind of want to know uh, how did you get involved in it? How did you get interested and who helped you or did anybody help you get interested in the game? Yeah, <clears throat> well, uh Actually, I grew up, uh, we grew up in Illinois and, um, hockey was getting huge. Uh, um, it was getting really big with the St. Louis blues, uh, starting a franchise, mm-hmm. um, and obviously the Blackhawks. And, uh, so the rivalry was kicking off, but, um, uh, I, my, my grand grandparents lived on a lake and that's where I started. I actually started skating on a lake. They had some figure skates. They said, get out there. I was lobbing up. I was three years old and uh they built a, a a brand new hockey rink in in our town and it was uh it was an indoor rink that was it was just beautiful indoor rink in the park so the the city built the rink and uh i think it was like uh you, you walked in the rink for practice it was i think it was like a court you had to pay a quarter or 50 cents to to practice and, and play a game <laughs> so uh, that was your fees for the for the yeah. uh yeah, it's 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 a, it's, it's, it's a little bit it's a little bit more expensive now. I think <laughs> it's just just a wee wee, wee wee bit more expensive. But this is this is back in the day. Yeah. This is this is back in the day. This is a community <laughs> rink, but uh... yeah, it's a community. In fact, we're talking like you know the late '60s, uh, early '70s, mm-hmm. and uh, so that's why I started playing. And there was a there was a uh, 
there was a semi-pro team there uh, called the Pekin Stars. Mm -hmm. And we'd go and watch them every every weekend. And I just was glued, loved it. it uh, couldn't get enough of hockey. And I just, my, my dad got me going. He said, you're not going to be very tall, but so you're probably not going to play basketball. Uh, but <laughs> hockey looks like it's something you love. Let's do it. So that's how I got started. My dad got me involved. And then he met uh, a Minnesota North Star. My, my uncle Bruce played for, Bruce Bennett played for the Pekin Stars. So he used to whirl me around and take me in between or after the games, he put me on his shoulders and and I'd go around the rink. And I thought that was the best thing mm -hmm. ever. And then uh, at a, a Minnesota North Star named Jude Druin. And uh, Jude was uh, was a powerhouse. He was a heck of a player back in the in the 70s. And we'd come up to Minnesota and and watch the games. And and uh, I think really what happened was I, I was able to go in the locker room and all the players signed a, a stick for me. I've still got the stick today with Gump Worsley, uh, oh, Oldsworthy, yeah. all these famous hockey players that, that were phenomenal, J.P. Parisi. And mm -hmm. uh, I said, that was it. I told my dad, you know, kids are little kids in first, second grade. And they're like, yeah, I want to be a fireman. I want to be a police officer. And it's like, man, I want to play pro hockey. And that's <laughs> where it hit. And in the summertime, we'd come to Minnesota and I'd go to, uh, I'd go to the uh, North Minnesota Stars at the Met Center. We'd actually, uh, they had a hockey camp there. And I would go in the summer times and uh, we stayed with Jude. He lived in Burnsville, uh, Minnesota. And we'd go and and I'd go to the camp every day and I just loved it. So that's kind of where I got my start. Well, hey. Our family started hockey. Well, that, well that, that's awesome. And uh, I do have to kind of ask that because a bunch of people that know you that might be listening to this, uh, they might imagine you uh, and a couple brothers as well. Were there a couple brothers that uh, might might have gone along with you on some of these things? Oh, yeah. My brothers, you know, uh, Carson, uh, my brother Carson, my brother Clage, we just, uh, we ate it up and, and couldn't get enough of it. We'd watch uh, my dad got one of those big old satellites back in the day. You'd have a huge satellite in, in your backyard mm -hmm. and you could stream in and get the NHL games and, and the college games. And so we'd watch uh, together, we'd watch uh, the NHL games and just, uh, just love the game. And my brothers and I were able to uh, work out together, train together. And, and uh, finally, uh, as you know, in Tulsa, we were able to play together uh, for, uh, season it was really fun gary younger buck oh. brought us in and and it was a it was a dream come true so it was fun oh, yeah 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 and 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 and, and will certainly because i have a whole list of questions for uh uh for that time period because that's yeah. when i really uh got to know uh all you guys but yeah. uh but but for right now i want to i want to kind of stick with your you're still kind of in your your youth phase uh you've decided to kind of go uh yep. all in if you will so you're kind of all in um, actually, before I get started, I do want to say this. I, I really think it's cool because I didn't realize that, um, you know, your minor, your local minor league hockey team was what really kind of first got you into that. Because, you know, um, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, obviously, but the Tulsa Oilers, you know, obviously my father's played, uh, you know, uh, the majority of his life. But it was really the Oilers, the the local team. That's what really got me you know, to, to kind of get to meet some of those guys and really got me involved in the game because, you know, those were, uh, those were the, a lot of the players that I looked up to. I, I watched plenty of NHL games, but if you're thinking about uh, the people that really impacted me and, and really kind of made me want to start playing, it was that local 
uh, minor league hockey team. So that is one thing that I didn't uh, didn't know about you, but I think that's really cool that even back then it was kind of those local players that that, that ended up getting you into the sport. I think that's yeah. really cool. But uh, anyway, I oh, did. Yeah, I was. Uh, yeah, or go ahead. I'm go sorry. Ahead. Um, I did. I'm I just going to say, yeah, Mark Olson and. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. You there? Yep. Yep. I was just going to say, uh, Mark Olson uh, came in from uh, Michigan, Northern Michigan, and the Olson family came in and and uh, started working and putting semi-pro hockey in with uh, the Pekin Stars, the Peoria Blades, and there were teams in Kenosha, Wisconsin. There were teams in Chicago, yep. Springfield, Illinois. Um, it was it was great. It was a great league, and and uh, it was great to have my uncle on the team and able to watch all those guys. Uh, mm-hmm. the courts, uh, Kinley and Bob courts and a bunch of, uh, great players. Like you said, when you're a young kid, you look up to them. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, they're, they're, they're kind of like your current day heroes. And then, you know, just going, I still have a goalie stick somewhere signed by, uh, you know, the whole Oilers team. And I can remember it was like, uh, you know, uh, it felt like Christmas day. I didn't get it on Christmas day, but that's what it felt like when, uh, when my dad gave it to me, but that, that's just, that's oh, yeah. just, that's just how accessible, uh, some of those guys were, and and it was always really, really appreciated. But um, so I kind of want to get onto this, um, so we can get a little bit closer, uh, you know, cl- closer to uh, your pro days and and your coaching and whatnot. But I kind of wanted to talk about, you know, you're you're playing youth hockey, you're in kind of an area that, um, from everything you've said, is, is starting to grow. Um, but at what point do you realize, like, hey, um, I'm getting kind of good, and I'm gonna start kind of taking this. Uh, a little bit more seriously, and and at, at what point are you still kind? Of, are are you are you feeling like that? Uh, whether juniors or college or wherever you'd like to go, at what point does that become more uh, tangible and and real to you? At what point do you do you see? Um, obviously, from a young age, you probably had a goal or a dream, but at what point are you like, okay, like I think I'm I'm getting closer to this here. Well, I think. Um... You know, uh, back then we, we all played, uh, uh, I played hockey and football and baseball and played some soccer, uh, one year played, uh, I was played, I played golf and played, uh, I did track. So, uh, you know, I, I was well balanced as far as, uh, as athletics go, but I really, really hockey was what I really enjoyed doing. That was my favorite sport. Yeah. And so at, at, uh, I asked my dad, I think it was my High school and I said dad I'd I'd really like to to go on and, and play hockey and uh so uh we got we got a flight went to Canada some uh, uh somebody that we knew and uh went and tried out with in the spring and um he said yep you made it uh if you want to if you want to uh play you know you sign a card and then um get here July 28th and uh and get ready for the tryouts will be uh, uh in september so uh that's what i did my senior year i left home and and went to canada played junior hockey for a couple of years so mm-hmm. uh that's when i really really felt like um you know i wanted to do this at a high level if i was good enough yeah yeah well and, and that's really uh it's really cool and there's also a similar story and if you wouldn't mind kind of um <clears throat> talking about this a little bit but, you know, um, what age were you? I'm sorry. What age were you when you left to go play juniors in Canada? What age was that? I was uh, 17. 17. So, you know, you're, 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 still, you're still young. You're still a young man. You're kind of used to having, 
you know, um, the things around you that, that are comfortable. And um, was, was that transition hard for you at all? Because I feel like um, depending on how you can handle, um, but, you know, if you can handle that transition well, it's probably not going to, you know, negatively impact your hockey career that much. Whereas if, if that is a huge, huge step for you and you can't handle it, you know, um, that kind of creates a different scenario where maybe you don't end up uh, reaching those dreams. But um, how was that transition for you? Did you did you have your because um, I've, I've asked this a few different times and I feel like the majority of the time the answer is, well, it, there was just a goal that I wanted so badly that, you know, that that pushed me through. Um, some of those hardships of making that transition. But can you talk a little bit about that transition of, of you know, go, going to a brand new country? You know, you're from the States. You go to a, a country, you know, that you've never, you know, lived at before. And, and can you kind of talk about that? For sure, yeah. I um, I uh, I actually uh, was billeted with uh, the Giffins and uh, Lionel Giffen uh had a son on uh that played hockey um and uh he uh he played major junior hockey in oshawa for the oshawa generals at the time so uh the transition for me and you're right adam i tell you what juniors i mean it's a business that people have to understand it, it everything changes from youth hockey you know there's a bit of an innocence in youth hockey there's a covering um i would say you know, the worst possible thing in youth hockey, what's going to happen. You, you're probably, you may sit the bench a couple of shifts or a period or two, you know, something like that, but you're, you're still going to play um, on the hockey team and, 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 and work hard. You're, you're going to get in junior. You can be training at any time. Mm-hmm. You can be let go. Who knows? You know, it's a business out there. So yep. for me, I had a great experience. My billets were phenomenal. Adam, you got to listen to this story. I walk in and it's Blenheim, Ontario. It's, it's, uh, it's right. It's a, um, it's, it's right by Chatham, Ontario, north of uh, Detroit. So past Windsor, go up through Windsor, Ontario, up into Blenheim, uh, Ontario. And the area, and it's all, it's, it's a lot of farms and, and, uh, corn country. Uh, there's, uh, uh, a lot of, uh, uh, there was tobacco as well, but a lot of farming in that area, uh, a lot of great people, but my billets, uh, owned a farm. So I was, oh. uh, I, I worked on the farm. Yeah. I worked on the farm and, uh, and, and, and played hockey. So I, I did both. I detasseled, uh, in the cornfields, uh, during the day, mm-hmm. uh, played hockey at night, uh, did my weight training as well, but the Giffins had this farmhouse. And in their farmhouse, they had an indoor swimming pool and a sauna. So my oh, wow. transition, yeah. So wow, that's a lot. It's kind of like, yeah, I'm transitioning. So for me, I walk in and I'm like, this is where I'm building. You got to be kidding me. This is phenomenal. Yeah. I got an indoor swimming pool. Yeah. I got a, a sauna. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, 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 the Giffins were phenomenal and their son played hockey. So they understood really deeply and understood what what you're going through as a as a junior hockey player so i had the best scenario possible for uh my transition year going from my high school hockey to junior <laughs> yeah well but i i think so. the, the the one of the funny parts of, the, of that story is and uh, you know you kind of gloss by it but it's one of those where it's like yeah i'm essentially doing farm work 
which is very physically taxing, I'm assuming. And then you're going to play hockey, oh, yeah. which is very physically, you know, uh, uh, taxing. And then after that, you're going to go work out, which it's like, you know, okay, so when do you take a break here? But one of the things I will say about you, Butch, and I'll say this about your brothers too, is that, you know, um, and, and we'll get to kind of when you got, you know, to Tulsa in a bit, but one of the things that amazed you about uh, you guys is, and it's very common these days, but I feel like back in the day it was not so common, but just the amount of uh, work that the, that you guys put in to training and being as fit as possible and to, that was kind of, um, it was kind of new, I feel like sometimes back then. Not everybody was doing it. I'm not yeah. saying, I'm not saying nobody was doing it because people were obviously, but um it seems like you were probably getting the work done as far as being a a, a farm hand, a hockey player, and then also just having to uh, lift weights at the end of that. But um, did you kind of have that um, training uh, mentality before uh, you got to the farm? Because I'm thinking if if you had that uh, uh, ability to train that way and to be physically fit, and then you show up on this farm, they're like, okay, we got another good uh, hand here to help out with things. But uh, um, is that something that you guys uh, did well before you got to juniors? And if so, do you think that was uh, one of the things that helped you? Because you guys have always been in just uh, great shape. And um, I know that's something that you guys really preach. Well, you're right, Adam. I, you know, the biggest thing uh, really is I, I grew up in an area that was, uh, you know, a lot of factories uh we caterpillar you 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 everybody's heard of caterpillar yep. it was a world headquarters right in Peoria, illinois when i was a kid playing baseball literally in the middle of the summer it you didn't play ball it was like well it's caterpillar uh, vacation time so no baseball boys right <laughs> yeah, yeah, week yeah or two weeks off and then we started back again there are no kids nobody could play because <laughs> uh-huh, yeah. everybody there, there was so many people working at, at caterpillar yeah and and then my my family worked at Keystone. They um, they worked at Keystone. My my grandpa and my uncle uh, both worked at Keystone, a steel mill. And my dad worked there too a little bit. Um, he was drafted to be. Um, came back and worked for a little bit, and then decided uh, to go into real estate. So he made a career into real estate. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, my dad had taught me. Um, you know, my mom and dad really, really uh, just old school hard work, and. You know, at the end of the day, you can't get around it. It's, 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 uh, you know, number one, how bad do you want it? And then number two, are you going to put the effort in to make it happen? And so my dad, actually, I started working out with weights as a young kid when it was unheard of. Mm-hmm. Like you said, nobody did it, but I started working out. He would start me lifting weights at nine years old with the bar. Like I didn't, not any weight. I do a uh, hundred pushups every night and sit-ups and then i'd start doing weights and uh and then he you know as i got older then obviously we started you know putting weight on it but he was really smart he really understood how important it was for me to be strong and if i wasn't going to be very tall i had to be the strongest guy on the ice is what he would say Mm -hmm. and so he really really dedicated uh that part you know this off ice is going to translate to the on ice and he was so far ahead of the game because you're right no one was doing it I was taking supplements. Uh, nobody even heard of supplements. And if you did take supplements, I, I remember the first time he gave me this stuff called Livitol, and uh, it was liver. And <laughs> I almost up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just powder. And uh-huh. first off, the smell of it was so bad. I said, "Dad, I." He goes, "Plug your nose." <laughs> so I plug my nose and throw it back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I was like, I was like eleven years old. 
and just throw them back for uh, my my Livitol, my my liver uh, protein stuff, and yeah, and uh, so it's kind of a funny story. I was taking oil and pr- supplements back when no one was taking. Yeah. He had he understood about it because he had some friends that that were uh, wrestlers and they took supplements, and so he was he was pretty far ahead of his time. He was a big basketball player, baseball player, football player, but uh, um, he knew that the off ice training was going to be. Uh, where I could really make ground. Uh, I mean, but there's there's a couple different ways you can take that. And I think the first thing is too is that you know if you're preparing for, like you said, when you're playing youth hockey for the most part, you know you might have to sit or you might not get as much playing time. But when it comes time to being cut or not cut or making a team, not making a team, if it's between you who's been training and doing what he needs to up against somebody of the same skill level that hasn't, you are going to you're going to get that spot. You know. It's just it's kind of like increasing your your chances, because at that point, you can't show up and be like, oh, this guy is bigger and stronger than me. Oh, it's too late. I can't work out in 24 hours and get as big as strong as him. Like you have to go into those things uh, already being prepared. But it's funny because if you look at the way that people train now, it's like, well, of course. And, you know, know that they they don't necessarily do, you know, they obviously lift, but they kind of have more of a, what's what's the the build I'm looking for? There's still some big guys in the NHL, but a lot of them almost look like kind of like uh, track athletes now or something. But the 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 training regimen yeah. today is kind of you know what you guys were doing back in. But a lot of that I think is just the game changing, and I think that you know they they want people to be yeah. a little bit faster and maybe not have as much uh, uh, weight on them now. But as far as the actual training itself, you know you started doing that. Uh, long before it was uh, as popular, so it's almost long. like you know your 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 dad was onto yeah. something. He may he may have seen this coming. He was. He, 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 yeah, I think my dad, you know, his, it, he saw something in me. Saw the the passion and desire, and and I remember one day we were we were coming home from uh, we were I was in Springfield, Illinois, and and we're playing, and and uh, I I was playing. I said, man, I said, Dad, I love this game. I love it. He goes. He goes, I'm going to make sure that you're good at it. I'm not going to let you get bad. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to put, I'm going to let you have all the resources and and time. If you want to do it, then you can be good at it. So, you know, it it was great to have phenomenal support. My mom and dad gave me to be able to do what I love. You know, he wasn't forcing me to be a a real estate agent. He wasn't forcing me, you know, he just like, what do you, you love this? Let's go for it. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a huge blessing for me. Yeah. And, and, and were, were your brothers at this time, were they uh, as bought into this uh, as you? Because obviously, you know, they ended up being pretty, uh, pretty good hockey players as well. But and, and if they did, were you guys kind of always uh, pushing each other a little bit? Oh, yeah. Th- my goal was that what I would do, I always wanted my brothers to be way better than me. And they were way better than me. I mm-hmm. was I was just a pioneer going out and I would get. um I I'd literally take notes and study the game and take notes uh, up in Canada. And then I'd relay the drills and stuff that I learned from, from coaches and other players and send it back and, and have them work on it. So, uh, oh, you know, I, did, they, I never thought about able to work on stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's so, really smart. That's really, you know, it's like, Hey, yeah, you're kind of that, uh, adventurer, like, Hey, look at all this stuff I'm discovering. Let me yeah. go ahead and share with you guys. Cause if I don't, then it's a waste of, not a waste of knowledge, but that's what something you would want to share. No, that's yeah. No, that's totally cool. Right. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think, I didn't think about the, that process at all, but it just seemed like, you know, 
um, with all you guys being as good a hockey players you ended up being, I'm like, okay, they probably were all kind of on the same uh, same process here. But uh, either way, I, I do want to get back on to kind of your um, um, playing career path. Um, so you're up in Canada uh, playing juniors. Um, how long does that last? And uh, at what point do you kind of make that turn, um, you know, kind of into your professional career? Well, here's really what happened was um, I, I actually was playing junior C hockey. Uh, my first year uh, was junior C. I went up and tried out for a couple junior A teams and got cut and uh, played for uh, uh, Lyle Giffen in Blenheim, Ontario as a junior C player. But I had a fantastic year. I It, it was incredible because uh, Lyle was a, a student. He was, a, he was really intense about skill work. And while everybody else was focusing on the physical part of the game. And, and, uh, back then there was a lot of, a lot of hitting and, and fighting, but he didn't, he was like, you know, that's not how we put our team together. We put our team together with, with speed and, and skill. And we never shied away from the physical part of the game, but that's not where our focus was. And so I learned a ton that year. And the next year I went to the Oshawa generals, uh, training camp. And that's a major junior team. And I wanted to play major junior. I wanted to play college hockey, but I would go to these major junior games and I'm like, man, I love this. It, it was incredible hockey. It's the best of the best. Guys are getting drafted right out of there and, and uh, getting contracts. And so I went to Oshawa. I decided they brought me in after 48 hours uh, because you could go for 48 hours. Uh, you could go to the training camp without losing your college eligibility. Oh, so I didn't, yeah, I did not want to lose my college eligibility if I wasn't going to be able. So the, the GM, uh, uh, brought me in and, and he said, Butch, you've had a great training camp. Uh, I just, I, I did really well, uh, on the off ice stuff. Like you said, the off ice was a big part. Uh, obviously the, the bench press part, I won by a long shot. Mm -hmm. uh, but, uh, uh, they said, uh, you're, you could make this team. You'd be, uh, you know, a third, fourth liner in and out of the lineup. Uh, or you can go to Aurelia, Ontario. That's our, our, uh, our, uh, farm team and play it all the time. So I was like, mm -hmm. oh, I want to, I want to go to Aurelia and play all the time. And I want to go to college. So, uh, he, uh, I remember he shook my hand and gave me, uh, $50. And sent me on my way. I thought, man, fifty bucks—that was a lot of money to me. And I was, I was excited. I, I got that. I wasn't even working in the cornfields. Yeah, 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 right. But <laughs> so it is, yeah, it, it is to play hockey. Yeah, is is there something to it though? Because I do hear these kind of stories sometimes. Is the fact that they were transparent with you, and that ended up kind of helping you make the right decision instead of them, you know, maybe yeah. not telling you, Hey, like, these are really your options because, you know, you, you, sometimes you hear about some bad stories where, you know, you, you're not getting the information or, or, you know, where the team sees you or, you know, these things, but, you know, if anything, he gave you a couple options, but you, you kind of already knew, uh, what you, what you wanted at yeah. that point. Yeah. Yes. It, it was huge that, um, you know, that I was, and, and I think Lyle Giffen really helped me in that area too. He was, he was basically my agent or, Nowadays, they call them advisors where, yep. you know, they talk and, and he got the, you know, he got the low down. Hey, you know what? You're not ready for this level. Uh, but at the junior A tier two level, you are ready. Yep. And so you're right. That was a big help for me. And when I went to Aurelia, 
um, I walked in and, and literally it, it was a breakthrough year for me. I went from junior C to junior A tier two. Uh, I remember I scored 27, about 27 goals that year, uh, maybe 30 some with playoffs and everything. Uh, mm-hmm. We, I was, I was a first line player, power play, penalty kill. I learned a ton from Gary Marsh. He was, he was our head coach. Uh, Ray Flaherty was our assistant. He was a super tough guy. Um, and it was great hockey. We went all the way. We won the all Ontario. So we went to the Centennial cup out East, um, out in Halifax that year and, and got beat, uh, by, uh, uh, a British Columbia team, Penticton, British Columbia won it all that year. It was, uh, that was in 1985. Uh, but that was a breakthrough year for me for sure. Hey, well, uh, well, that, that's awesome. What, what, uh, but what ends up happening after, after this breakthrough year then? Well, the breakthrough year was great. Um, to be honest with you, I had, a, uh, I had colleges looking at me. I had a lot of them, uh, you know, my grades weren't the best and that, that really cost me a division one, uh, scholarship. So mm-hmm. that was a message that I sent to my brothers, uh, to make sure, you know, you, cause one, once they start offering you a scholarship right away, your, your grades are, you know, it, it's the number one that they, they can't get you through admissions unless you can get through with your grades. Cause you and actually so have to be able to attend. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I just, you know, my, my passion for hockey was so strong, but you know, I really wasn't, my schooling part wasn't there. I, you know, honest, yep. uh, the honest part was my grades weren't the best. So I had to go to division three and that's where I went to, uh, Wisconsin river falls from there. Uh, I played for, uh, Rick Kozabek. that was the head coach of the Penticton British Columbia team that beat us out in the Maritimes. He became the head coach and I had uh, career career numbers with him and, uh, we were on the best line in the nation at that time in 1988 and won an NCAA championship. That's awesome. So at, at this point, it really seems like you're starting to kind of like feel it, you know, like you've always been a good hockey player, yeah. but now you're starting to kind of trend upwards and, and you, you're, you're seeing, you're seeing what's possible, which is, which I think is great. Um, at, at what point then does it, does it kind of start? Because I, I know that, uh, and, and I'm not going to say the name of the club that, that you end up joining that, uh, um, you, you meant a lot to those people. I'm not going to say it yet, but you know where I'm kind of trying to direct you. But um, at, a, at a certain point, uh, you end up turning pro. What, what does that look like? Well, this was incredible. What happened there uh, was um, uh, after Rick Kozabek was my head coach, he left to go to Northern Michigan and be the coach there after my junior year. My senior year, Dean Talifus came and was our head coach. Well, Dean Talifus was a big name. He coached at the University of Minnesota. He was one of the very first uh, Americans to play in the NHL. Uh, he played at Wisconsin as a Badger. Uh, he's from Hastings, Minnesota, and what a phenomenal coach, too. Mm-hmm. And I had I had talked to Coach Talifus, and I said, you know, I, I want to go to the next step. And he said, well, he says, I'll tell you what I'll do. If you're serious about it, I'll uh, introduce you to some of my people. I met Jack Blatherwick. It was uh, uh, the right-hand man for Herb Brooks. And Jack taught me. He sat with me for three hours on training. And he said, you know, at the end of it, he said, you know, if you can't do it, I, you know, I don't feel, you know, I don't look at you 
in a bad way or wrong way, he goes, it's, it's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be hard. But mm -hmm. he says, if you do do it, the sky's the limit for you. Anyway, I did it, but, uh, I wanted to go back to, um, I met Jack Blatherwick and then, uh, coach Talifis sent out a scout to watch me and he was a head scout for the St. Louis blues. His name was Ted Hampson and Teddy Hampson watched me play and he sent me a, an offer to go to the St. Louis blues training camp, uh, that next year after college. And that was, uh, 1990. Oh, I, I didn't and know that, that was my big breakthrough. Oh, I see. I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. So, yep. So Ted Hampson got me, uh, he, 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 he really liked the way I played. Um, he liked, uh, uh, just, he liked a lot of things about me and he, he, he gave me that opportunity. So I went to training camp and, uh, man, I got stories for you for, for walking <laughs> into the St. Louis blues. And well, well, but what it but, was, uh, back then yeah. there was, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just I was just going to say, because like, I, I think that as far as, you know, most most people feel that way once they get an opportunity to, uh, you know, kind of um, play, play, play in that situation anyway. But this is like the team that you grew up with. Am I wrong? Like this, this is so it's kind of extra special, right? It was extra special. Uh, obviously, I grew up watching uh, Gary Unger, like back in uh -huh. the 70s, you know, uh, most of the players didn't wear helmets and Gary never wore a helmet and he had this long blonde hair and mm -hmm. he was super good. And, you know, my dad would take me down there to watch games and, and, uh, everybody loved Gary Younger and, you know, shout his name. And, and, uh, he was, he was, he was a big time player back then. Everybody, he was a legend. He still is a legend, but, yeah. uh, he was fun to watch. I watched all those guys, uh, uh, the Plager brothers, uh, you know, all those uh, big-time St. Louis Blues. We went back to the – we used to go to the Checker Dome. Back then it was called the Checker Dome, and they'd pack that place. It was it was phenomenal atmosphere. It was, yeah. it was, it was really fun. Yeah, but, but now, so, now, yeah. now you're at camp, though, right? You're, at, you're there. Now I'm you're... at camp. Yeah, I'm at camp. And uh, they say, okay, guys, we, walk, we did our, our physicals, and we walk in, we get to the rank, and, uh, and they're going to take uh, – they took snapshots of us, so we got our blues jerseys on, take snapshots. But I, as I walk in, uh, the first guy I meet is uh, this guy's riding a bike. He's just just an absolute, just sweating like crazy, just hammering the stationary bike in the in the locker room. He's a monster, man. I'm like, holy <laughs> smokes, look at this guy. Yeah, walks up and it's Scott Stevens. Oh no way! Scott Stevens, yeah, oh. Scott Stevens, unreal. He's there, and uh, he had just been sent from uh, somehow St. Louis had got him through. If you remember this story, it was a crazy story where he he was in New Jersey. St. Louis got him for a year, I think, or two, and then he went back. It was I don't know mm. how all the details of that story went, but yeah. Anyway, I shook that guy's hand and. And uh, I thought, boy, oh boy, I better be ready because <laughs> yeah. guys like this or <laughs> this guy yeah. could pack a lunch. You better have your head up when you're on yeah. the ice with this guy. Uh -huh, so yeah. that was my first introduction going to the uh, the Checker Dome. I think they called it the arena back then. They switched the name, but yeah. uh, going into the locker room, getting pictures, and uh, and getting ready to hit the ice. Well, well, then, but then, but then, at, at, at a certain at a certain point, you hit the ice, and then. Um... You know, because at this point you're playing, you know, the, the, the best of the best. 
you're playing the best, the best. And, you know, I, I'm honestly, I, I, uh, I had, uh, I had one of those Jersey numbers, you know, like 58 or something, you know, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. One of the high, you ones. know, like, you, yeah, the high end ones, you don't really want to be the high end one. Cause you know, it's like 29. And, yeah. You want to be between yeah, like uh, one, one in, yeah. One in 29 or one in 30 or whatever it is. Yeah. And, uh, so I, um, I, 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 uh, I, before the, before the game, we, we did two a days and we played two games a day and, uh, I'm looking at all the sticks and I'm looking and they're all, you know, I'm just looking at everybody's sticks and kind of looking the curves and kind of looking at everything. And there's this stick. It's like, man, I'm like, what is this? This is like a, I'm like, is this a, the stick boy stick or it looks like a little road hockey stick. Uh-huh. And, uh, lo and behold, it, it was, uh, number seven, it was Cliff Ronning stick. So Cliff Ronning, if you remember that name, Cliff Ronning was, a, was, was a real short guy, but he was an absolute phenom on the ice. And, mm-hmm. uh, Actually, I think he was our the best player in training camp that year when when I was there. I thought he was he was amazing. But I jump on the ice, my knees are shaking. <laughs> I couldn't. I, I was like couldn't get rid of the nerves. Yeah. Um, so uh, just kept plugging away. But I actually had a really good uh, training camp there. Uh, I was I was scoring. I was making plays, and that's where my my confidence exploded because I thought, you know, I really do belong here. Uh, I, I was starting to believe it. And, uh, and, uh, that was, that was an incredible breakthrough for me when you, when you have confidence and you believe that you, you should be there. Yeah. Well, and the other thing too, is like, now, you know, you know, what's expected at that level. Cause there's a lot of times where people want to reach that level, but they almost don't know what to expect because they haven't seen it, you know, even if they're close to it or they're around it. But I mean, personally, I think just to even to make it to that level where, you you can see it you know what i mean you've you've kind of been uh you know at, at that point which a, a lot of people have have not ever been able to get to so i think it gives a lot of perspective and i think uh obviously it's a really cool that you were able to do but even though you didn't end up you know going to you know play in the nhl um you know you still had a, a pretty good uh, professional career so how did it kind of uh, uh transition from there cuz you you're feeling good at this point but uh you know at what point do do things start to settle down and you kind of find your way well, obviously, you know, when you're walking into a training camp, if you don't have a contract, you're, you're not going to make the team uh, mm-hmm. unless back then, unless you were um, like a super, super, you know, probably a 230 pound tough guy, um, you know, or a phenom goalie, maybe they'd sign you. But, um, you know, if you didn't have a contract, you were, you're probably not going to get signed yeah. or you're not going to make that team. But they sent me to Peoria. And this is where the story gets crazy. It's crazy where, you know, I live in outside of Peoria in Pekin, mm-hmm. Illinois. That's where I grew up. Now Peoria all of a sudden has uh, a minor pro hockey team that they started in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And obviously I followed them through my high school and my career. I was I went to their very first hockey game at the Civic Center. It was brand new. And all of a sudden the Blues affiliation has moved to the Peoria area, to Peoria mm-hmm. as their triple-A team. So they're in the international, at that time it was called the IHL, IHL. International Hockey League. Mm-hmm. And uh, these, this level was, I, I mean, lots of NHL players, tons of NHL, really good uh, high-end players 
obviously moving up and down from the NHL to the AAA level. Um, and I went there, had a really good camp. And then from there, I was sent to the East Coast League uh, in Knoxville, Tennessee. And then uh, was later moved back to Peoria in the IHL where I played uh, for about th three, three and a half years at that level of mm -hmm. my pro career. So, you know, I was right there um, on the bubble of, uh, you know, really playing at the highest level uh there is besides nhl yeah well and and i've had and i've talked about uh you know i've had quite a few ex-pros uh on the show before but one of the things that i kind of bring up because you know most of them uh have been out of the uh league for a little bit like yourself but it's one of those things to where there weren't as many professional hockey leagues back then like if you kind of look at today um you know there's quite a few uh leagues and, and places you can play but you know when you're when you're thinking about playing in the ihl because to, to me, when somebody says the IHL, that, that is before the AHL, but essentially that's just the step below. For people that don't know, I got that correct, right, Butch? It's just, just a level below because the AHL yeah, it, is not around. They, they had both. They Actually, the IHL and the AHL, there was two, two uh, AAA levels at that time mm -hmm. that they had. Uh, the IHL uh, simply was just teams. Instead of St. Louis having a team out east, uh, like in Worcester, Massachusetts, um, they they decided to bring their team right to Peoria, where they can call guys up and down, and and it was less expensive and it was it was cheaper. And oh, so yeah, yeah. you had teams that are on the west side of the country would would be in the IHL, and you're you're like your Boston Bruins and and your New York. Those teams were in the AHL on the east side of the country, so it was basically. Uh, two AAA levels, just uh, different locations. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, th that that makes a lot of sense because essentially, if if you made it the entire country, then all of a sudden that's getting uh, a little expensive for the league. There's a lot of travel involved in that. That does make sense. It also makes sense to me because I was like, well, I didn't really hear about the AHL, but I was I was more involved in the Midwest. You know, with me being a Mid Midwest person. Right. So it's m most most of the pros that I know that were close to making it to to the nhl i was like oh they play in the ihl they plays in the ihl they play and especially you know growing up following a lot of these chl guys a lot of them would move or not a lot of them but some of them would move up uh from chl to ihl so i always just assumed that that was the next step up but see i learned things butch this is why i have people on that know more than me and that's how you that's how, how you learn things here but uh but as far as your time uh as far as your time in peoria though um because you are uh i would say you're very well respected there, and um, I know that uh, uh, you kind of had a party recently. Do I call it a party? I don't know, but uh, they they recognize you uh, r fairly recently. Did they yeah. not? They did. Uh, you know, for me, uh, you know, playing at at in Peoria was was kind of like the NH my NHL as as far as I was concerned because I grew up as a as a Riverman fan, and. You know, I play. I saw all these guys. I was at the game in 1985 when they won the championship, and uh, Dougie Evans was on the team. A lot of great, great hockey players. And mm -hmm. uh, so, for me to play in Peoria was was a dream come true. And I was honored to be able to be in the the Peoria Riverman Hockey Hall of Fame. Uh, they recognized me uh, a couple years ago, so that was that was a big time uh, dream for me. And and it was a humbling experience, to say the least, to be there and and be recognized uh, as as a ha Hall of Famer there, because uh, there's a lot of good players that have yeah. come through Peoria. 
lot but, of good ones. Well, and, and here's the other thing, Butch, too, is that there's not a lot of people that end up in, in that situation. So, I mean, you know, because we've kind of talked about from where you started playing hockey to, you know, uh, later in your career. But in that moment, what what are you thinking about as, you know, they're saying all these nice things about you and they're kind of they're almost summarizing all of that work that you put in. Um, I mean, there's not a lot of us that kind of get that recognition sometimes, but, uh, what did that feel like? I mean, I'm sure that it was, uh, you know, one of, one of the, one of the, you know, top, top spots of, of your career there to be, to be recognized that way. But not a lot of us will ever kind of understand what that feels like. Cause a lot of us, you know, play the game. We love the game. We skate hard, but we don't really think at any point that we'll be recognized in that fashion. Um, and I also think that hockey players are really humble and sometimes, you know, they're like, Oh, you're just making a big fuss about me. But like, what is that feeling like? Cause you, you know, you're there with, you know, the family and, and everything, but like, what, uh, in that moment, what is, what does that feel like? Well, it, it was incredible to, you know, to really, uh, think about, you know, all the, the things that I had done, to to get to Peoria and then obviously be recognized as as a Riverman Hall of Famer. Uh, my parents for first and foremost, all the all the things that they worked to to help me supported me and did for me. And and uh, you know, you think of all the past things and relationships and coaches and everybody involved and and you know, you think of the fan support and everything and and um yeah, it, it really, it was incredible for me to have my kids, you know, my wife, she saw my career. So, uh, you know, Jane was always super supportive, mm-hmm. but she walked it with me and, and she was there with me through it. But yeah. my kids really didn't, you know, they didn't see any of, of, of those playing days. And so it was fun for them to see me get recognized and, and kind of, and go back to Peoria and, and meet the fans and, and, yeah. and, uh, talk to some old timers. So, uh, that was really fun for me to see, uh, let my family be involved in, in that whole, uh, celebration. Yeah. Well, and it's kind of funny too. And, you know, I hope I can speak about your family for a bit, but both your boys are also, you know, very, very good hockey players, but it must be one of those things where they know that you're a good hockey player, but it might be one of those things where it's like, yeah, kids, like I, you know, I, <laughs> I, uh, I knew what I was doing when, uh, when I was playing there. Cause they, they weren't, a, they weren't a part of that, but I don't know. It must be, it must be kind of cool just to be like, Hey boys, like, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm good too. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it was, it was good for them, uh, just to, to, to meet people and hear the stories of some of the games that we had played and, and some of the, uh, players that, that were there and, and for them to, to hear other people talk about it and not just me talking about it. They, they yeah. uh they had fun they enjoyed it they really did it, it yeah. was a it was a great weekend yeah it was well, good that, yeah no I I think that's awesome I think that's totally awesome um and I usually don't do this but I kind of want to rewind a little bit because I kind of wanted to yeah. uh not end with this because this won't be the last thing that we talk about but I wanted to talk about uh your time in Tulsa because that you know um <clears throat> I don't know that's important to me and you you obviously did all of these things, you know, throughout your career, but um, some of the only stuff I was around for was your times in Tulsa. So I'm really hoping or hoping that we can uh, uh, kind of talk about that a little bit. But it's one of those things where, and this is just my point of view, um, 
you know, I'm an Oilers fan. I live in Tulsa. I've been a big Oilers fan for the longest time. And all of a sudden you hear that you're getting three brothers on your team. You're like, what? Three? Like, what? They're all three brothers? We're getting three brothers on the team. And uh, I want to say that, uh, I don't know if you want to call it, uh, it's not necessarily preseason, but it's kind of like the first skates uh, of the season instead of them being held. Uh, um, and I can't remember if the convention center was still around or if it was BOK or where you guys were skating at at that point. But you guys were uh, you were playing at the Oilers Ice Center, and it was essentially just the uh, you know the the Oilers that were kind of getting ready for the season or whatever. And I saw a new brother, you and your brothers out there, and all of you kind of had a little bit different skill set of a game, but you were all very, very, very good. Um, I saw you as like this big power forward that was strong, could shoot, just do anything you want. I saw Clay as being more of just a speedster, just like a but still very strong, but maybe just not not as tall. Uh, and then Carson was kind of maybe somewhere uh, in between. But can you kind of talk about what it was like to be, you know, knowing that you're going to go into a season playing with not just one, because that doesn't happen very often, but both of your brothers? Well, that was a, that was an incredible uh, time. I had just, uh, if we re- rewind the year before, I had, uh, I think we in our hockey season um, in the end of May, I was out in Trenton, New Jersey in the East Coast League, and we were in the finals against um, against uh, South Carolina, and we lost in the finals. Um, and um, during that time, I had um, <clears throat> I had broke I broke my leg, uh, but I kept playing on it. I played oh. because it, it was playoff hockey and. And I'm toward the end of my career and I'm like, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to stop playing. We, we actually beat Peoria. <laughs> we beat oh, Peoria God. to move on to the, to the next series. Um, but it, the, the leg that I broke was not, it's not, it wasn't the main bone. It was, it was the smaller one on your lower, lower part of your leg. Mm-hmm. So tibia, fibia, tibia, I get them mixed. But, yeah. So do I, I was about but, to say, I, I don't have the right answer for you, <laughs> but, um, Anyway, the reason I'm saying that I, then we got, oops, sorry. Then we, um, the next, then the off season came and, uh, Gary Unger became the head coach again at, at Tulsa. Mm-hmm. And he was talking to my brother Carson and then it became talking to me and then Clage. So it kind of just, it kind of snowballed that direction. Uh, he was looking for players. And we always wanted to play together. And that was our, that was an incredible time uh, for us as a family to be able to play together. Uh, as you remember, uh, 9-11 had hit that year mm-hmm. and Mr. Lund put together uh, jerseys for us. We want wore these uh, American jerseys. We had a huge uh, American flag out. We played in the convention center back then in Tulsa mm-hmm. to celebrate, uh, you know, uh, the Americans and, and, uh, and, you know, to, uh, um, recognize, I guess, I celebrate, but recognize yeah. all the nine 11, uh, people. And, uh, uh, so anyway, uh, that was the start of our season in Tulsa. It was incredible play for, for Gary and, and with my brothers, I, I, that was a cherished time for me. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just kind of, it's kind of so funny. Cause you know, if you look back on it, you know, you're, uh, you know, the first to leave, but it's like you were kind of always, and they were good enough players on their own, but it's one of those to where um, I don't think that happens all the time, you know, but you made sure to kind of, uh, I don't want to say take care of, because they were capable of taking care of themselves, but 
you know, it's just one of those things to where um, I think that can be appreciated and, and respected in any way. And for you to kind of be able to end your, you know, professional career playing with your brothers, I just think that that's kind of uh, next level. It's almost just kind of like a, a storybook, you know, it's just like, well, how would you want to end this? It's like, well, I'd love to play with my brothers. And, you know, it's just uh, it's it almost just seems like a, a movie or something. You know, it's just like, you know, not everybody gets the chance to kind of make those uh, dreams happen, if you will. It it was it it, it was a, a storybook finish as far as as my career went. It was it was great for me to finish my career playing with my brothers and and uh, and obviously Tulsa. We really loved Tulsa and the area and the people there. So it, mm -hmm. it was it was a it was a phenomenal finish for me in my hockey career. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I kind of want to talk about your transition into coaching because I'm like kind of a part of this in a weird little way but um you you ended up kind of uh, actually even though i know some of these answers like i said i'm gonna go ahead and ask so uh that we can get it all out there but um how was that transition from playing into coaching because it, it didn't take uh very long for you um and i think i've i've talked about this on other podcasts and i think i i talked about it a little bit earlier on this one but you did end up being my my high school hockey coach and we had uh, uh, great seasons with you um but then i do remember that you had to or not had to but um you were offered uh to go uh coach the oilers and so if you can kind of uh and i might might have asked two questions in one uh but can you kind of just talk about your transition into uh going from playing into coaching uh also if you want to say a little something about uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. you know i i always i i always felt like i wanted to be a student of the game and grow uh as a player and learn i always felt like every year i wanted to learn from the coaches i wanted to learn from the players my teammates i always wanted to to see different perspectives of the game and and learn and so coaching was something that was easy for me to go since I couldn't play anymore. Uh, you know, your body, you think you can, but you know, it, it wears out and you can't. Yeah. And so from there going into coaching was, was the next best thing. And so, uh, you know, actually I talked to your dad and as a story for your dad, about your dad, I remember walking into the Oilers ice center and uh, my brother Carson and I were walking in and your dad was out skating uh, with uh, some men's league guys. And my brother Carson said, look at John Larson. Mm -hmm. He goes, look at that guy skate. And I said, where? I said, oh my gosh, is that guy smooth? I said, I got to find out where this guy's from. <laughs> so lo and behold, he's from Minnesota. I'm like, well, yeah, no wonder this guy could skate. Yeah. He was incredible skater. Your dad, I said, man, is this guy smooth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know he learned his skills up in Minnesota because uh, he was a heck of a hockey player. But um, your dad uh, had approached me about coaching, and and uh, we talked about uh, coaching your high school team. Mm -hmm. And I said I'd love to. Uh, so that's kind of how it happened. And See, it was fun to coach your team. Was that you had a heck of a hockey team? Uh, a lot of good players on that team mm -hmm. that year, and. Um, uh, I really, it was fun to get back to the grassroots and work with some younger kids and younger players, uh, to learn the game. And it was a, it was a great transition for me to work with you mm -hmm. and your team. And then 
and then all of a sudden, you know, obviously I got the call from, from uh, the Luns and they were looking for, for an oil for a coach for the Oilers. And, and that's where I transitioned from your high school team to the, to the Oilers. Well, well, them. But Butch, I think if anything, though, you really need to go back You need to look. And obviously we were super psyched to have you. And I was because my dad had been my coach for the majority of my life. So I'm like, okay, finally, somebody that <laughs> might be able to talk a little bit louder than him. Uh, so it was very, very nice to, to have you for that. But, uh, and I mean this jokingly, but most likely we were playing so well that they were like, man, look at this high school team. We should, we should probably get the, uh, the pro team up onto the, onto all these things that, uh, this high school team is, uh, is doing here. But, uh, we were, um, we were, we were, we were set. We were sad to see you go, but at the same time, like, oh, our high school, uh, coach just left to go coach professional hockey. So we, uh, obviously understood, uh, that it was that time, but, um, can you kind of talk just a little bit about what it was like to, you know, go from coaching uh, us goobers uh, into coaching, you know, um, the Oilers? Because that's a, a little bit of a transition. But at the same time, you you coached us just like I feel like you would have coached any other team. And just the fact that, you know, just because we were a high school yeah. team didn't mean that you were going to let us off the hook or anything like that. But um, can you kind of talk about that transition from going from, you know, high school with us to uh, to the pros? Yeah. Uh, well, no question. Um, you know, I, I think every coach has some ideas, um, that they want to implement when they, when they become the head coach. And, and, um, you know, I, I took obviously at, at your level was, was some, some ideas that were, um, uh, you know, we did a lot of the overspeed with you guys. We did, a, mm -hmm. we did some, uh, we tried, you know, we worked on regrouping, and, um, you know, attacking the zone with speed, um, you know, I, I really wanted to focus that with you guys. Cause I knew that, that, that would put pressure on the other team's D and, and yep. really, uh, um, it would help your development if you guys wanted to play junior hockey somewhere as well. Cause that's so what I, the expectation I, was. At your level, it's not always about winning the game. It's number one, developing you as a player. And then the mm. bonus is winning the game to me. That, that was my mindset, my attitude to yep. help you guys uh, become better players individually and then corporately as a team, uh, I knew we would win because of your individual skill set that yep. was growing. And with the with the Oilers, you got to win today. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, yeah. You, there, there's no time. To, you know, yeah. at the professional level, it's, it, it's, it's, uh, there's more, more pressure to, obviously you got to fill the seats and you got to win today. Winning, winning cures everything. Uh, so, um, you know, there's a little bit of a different approach, uh, with the pro level because we did have to win. Uh, but I threw in obviously some of my ideas with, with, uh, um, breakouts and power plays and, and some regroup stuff. But, um, uh, so the mindset's a little different, but number one, I always feel like when you make the individual player better and you pour into him that he's going to make the whole corporate team, the team better. Um, and today you're seeing all kinds of skills coaches out there. Uh, obviously that's what I do today, every day, but you see it in NHL, every team now has skills coaches. When I grew up playing, when I was playing professionally, the only coach everybody had was a, the goalies had their own coach, but yep. nobody else did. So mm -hmm. today there's a, a great transition there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and here's the thing too, because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm down in, uh, I'm down the Dallas Fort Worth area. I believe you still have a brother down here. 
Um, but there, there's a lot of, uh, you know, uh, lesson times down here and I, I give quite a, quite a few lessons, but one of the things that I found and you were kind of, uh, talking about this before, but really, really good hockey players almost all have like certain skill sets that they just really shine you know, it's just really like, Hey, this guy is great at this one thing. Cause it's really, really hard to be really, really good at everything. You know, there's just, it, it's really hard to be you know, the fastest, biggest, best passer, best shooter, but, you know, cer certain people just have uh, these certain skill sets. But one of the things I do like about um, the game kind of changing a little bit to where it's more uh, skill based is depending on what skill you need to work on, you can find kind of a guy that is more in tune with maybe that skill set. Um, I like my father. I think I'm a, a pretty good skater. Um, I don't think I would do the best at teaching slap shots or certain, other, you know, there's just certain things that might not be my wheelhouse, but there's certain things that I'm very confident in doing, but I'm confident in that because of the people that taught me how to do it or coached me into doing those things. And, uh, it's one of those where I'm older now, uh, coach Butch, uh, I'm not a high school kid anymore. I'm 36. So <laughs> I, you know, it's been maybe a little bit, uh, you know, since, uh, since you've uh, seen me skate, but it, it's just one of those things to where. Um, you know, you just, you have those certain skill sets and certain people are, are, are better at different things. But I think my dad was always super into uh, skating and that skating was just really, really important. Um, and I think we kind of see that now in, in uh, you know, today's uh, uh, age, or if you want to be a good player now, uh, you can't kind of coast by, like you have to be, uh, kind of have to be a good skater. But there's just, there's a whole bunch of different skills that, that hockey's involved in. I kind of like how, um, you know, there, it, there's more of an emphasis on having skills coaches. So, uh, you said that you're doing this and I'm kind of aware uh, of what you're doing, but do you kind of want to talk a little bit about what you're uh, doing up North at the moment? Sure. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Um, right now, uh, I'm working with, uh, it, it's, it's called, um, uh, pro edge power skating. Uh, there's a group of us here. I started working. Her name is Diane Ness. Uh, she was a uh, an elite figure skater that I started working with when I was playing back in the like in 1990, early 90s. And um, she started working on in the summers. I'd come up in Minnesota and train, and she was working on my quick starts, working on edge work. And I was like, man, this she is really good. Mm -hmm. No one was really doing that. Uh, back then, not very many people at least. And she asked me to work for her camps and I really didn't want to because I was getting ready for my, my, uh, seasons, but I did a couple of them. And so she said, well, let's do a couple more next year, next summer. So I did a couple more anyway, uh, long story short, here I am still doing them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, it goes. you know, we do skill work. We, we, we do skills. It's, you know, obviously us edges and skating. And then we mix it in obviously with pucks and, and then shooting and, and, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it, it, in Minnesota, as you know, um, there's a ton, a ton of hockey players. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I work, uh, doing private lessons along with, uh, camps that we do, mm -hmm. um, at nighttime. And, and then the summers are really busy because we've got the pros, college, junior, high school, and then youth hockey kids. So. Well, it gets really busy. There's well, there's a lot of hockey in the state of hockey, right? There's just there's a lot of hockey. There's yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of rinks, but there's also a lot of hockey. There's a lot of people that are that are trying to get uh, out there on the ice, which uh, I don't think is ever a bad thing. I think uh, 
you know, hockey's one of those sports that's growing. So uh, nothing wrong with that. Right, Coach Butch? That's great. Yeah, well, there we go. There we go. Um, well, hey, so we are getting a little bit closer on time. And um, for the most part, uh, the show is pretty open format. We kind of talk about uh, whatever we'd like to hear. Um, but we do have this thing. Um, and this is this is the only time that the rules apply at any point. Uh, but we have to end this show uh, with what we call a shout out. So uh, here's the rules of the shout out. The shout out can be um, and it doesn't have to be one. It can be multiple shout outs, but essentially it just has to be anything uh, positive. Um, there are people that uh, speak about their family. Um, there are people that uh, might give a little bit of coaching mantra, uh, an idea. Uh, I've even opened it up now to where it can be a sound as long as it is positive uh, in uh, any nature. But uh, I was wanting to know if you were prepared uh, for the next step of the podcast because it's just essentially saying uh, anything positive and uh, just kind of uh, telling telling the world uh, something positive. Uh, do you think that you're ready for this, Coach Butch? Sure. Okay. So what's your shout out? Well, uh, my shout out is, you know, through all of this, the most important thing happened to me is I gave my life to Jesus Christ. He made, I made him my Lord and Savior. And uh, I wasn't a Christian growing up. And and that really changed the whole dynamic. And it's really given me um, a whole new life and a, a no, whole new perspective. And, you know, through all your training, through all your ups and downs, you know, it was great to, to be able to talk with some professionals, pro players uh, that uh, had given their life. Mark Basson, Bob Basson were big parts of my life that, that changed my life. Uh, uh, that uh, they'd given their lives to Jesus, and I did the same thing. So that's my shout-out to uh, to give to the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, hey, that's a that's a that's a great uh, that's a great shout-out, Butch. That is just uh, hey. By the way, by the way, I have to ask you this because I've had this person on before, um, and I believe that he might possibly uh, attend some of the because I didn't realize this, but there's like almost like a hockey group uh, of, of people that get together via Zoom or whatever. Uh, do you know Al Secord by any chance? Yeah. So yep. he he is, uh, yeah. So he, uh, him and Gary, I think, belong to to something. And I, I'm not, I, I can't remember it and it would not expose uh, of what it is, but it's essentially a, a group of guys, I think, uh, that uh, kind of get together via Skype, Zoom, or whatever, and uh, they're they're into hockey and they're into the Lord and, and they do the whole thing. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's just, it's, it's not funny. I don't want to say it's funny, but, there's just uh there's a large group of you that uh um find success and 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 find the way that that you believe uh uh to work out pretty well. So I think that's a good uh yeah. shout out, Butch. But uh if you ever get a chance to talk to Al Secord, this is where I was trying to go with this. If you ever get a chance to talk to him, like if you want to talk about the light, he was talking about the light, he was uh he's on top of it. He he's the man. So if you ever ever get a chance to meet him, uh he's great. But he was uh he was a Blackhawk. He was uh, you know. Oh guy. yeah, super tough guy. Oh yeah, 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 and just the nicest guy, uh, nicest guy in the world now. But he's doing the same thing as you. He, he's coaching now. He, he's, uh, uh, I think he's a pilot. Yeah, he's a pilot now. But uh, either yeah, way, uh, yeah, uh, just a good group of guys. But you guys are very similar in that way. Okay, well, I'm gonna go ahead and do my shout out because I have to do one of these too, Butch. And um, although people like to think that I have these uh, written down or that I know what I'm gonna do, I don't because I feel like it would be unfair to my guests because they don't know what's gonna happen. So. I don't prepare these, but uh, 
at the end of the day, and Butch, this is going to kind of go towards you too, but um, my shout out is going to be lessons learned from people that have done there or done that before or been there. Um, so I'm a big proponent of um, being okay with not knowing something and learning from people that do. Um, I think that if anybody um, isn't humble enough to kind of uh, appreciate people's information, kind of like uh, Butch, kind of like you going up playing juniors up in Canada, sharing that information uh, with your younger brothers there, um, people do better when they get the information uh, that they need sometimes. And I think that sometimes um, I've been on certain podcasts where we've called this uh, generational knowledge. Uh, but essentially, it's just passing down, um, and this doesn't have to be hockey uh, specific, but you're essentially just passing down truths or information um, about the game or about life, but just passing those things down because um, there's no requirement to do so, and you're doing those things to make the game better in the future. Um, and Butch, there's a possibility that you may have uh, done these you know, with your sons, just like my dad did for me, but it's about teaching them, you know, sometimes... Uh, I'm going to say the unwritten rules of hockey, but it also applies to life in general or just um, certain things like that. But um, that's my shout out is going to be for information passed down, whether or not that be generational information or what. There's just a lot to be learned from people that have come before you. And uh, the best way to learn is just to sometimes be quiet and listen to those that have uh, come before you. Uh, does that make sense, Butch? Yeah. Okay. I was about to say, uh, I'm sure you've shared some information with the boys before your boys. Yeah. Oh yeah. Lots <laughs> yeah. Of I, yeah, they, uh, uh, my oldest, uh, Moses is working with me. He does, uh, he does, uh, skating stuff with me. Mm-hmm. And then Laz is playing uh junior hockey and get ready to, to go to college. But yeah, we discuss a lot of, a lot of the training methods and, and uh, a lot of ideas uh obviously that that can help you uh in game situations so we do it all the time i like that shout out yeah but you know as as long as there's somebody that's willing to share uh information or knowledge that that uh they already know it's just it's free information you don't even have to work for it you just have to take it in uh which shouldn't be that much work but uh anyway uh coach butch um i know i haven't seen you in a while uh, it's probably been close to 20 years since you coached me, but I don't want you to ever think that everything that you did for me, uh, not just for me, but my father, um, like I said, I consider uh, the Cables to be family friends of the Larsons for sure. But uh, I just wanted to uh, tell you that uh, everything that you've done for me, even though it was a while ago, uh, none of it has been uh, forgotten. And um, I just, uh, I really appreciate you. Well, I appreciate you and, your family, obviously, uh, we've got a lot of connections and, and, uh, it's been a great, uh, a great relationship all these years. And hopefully I could come down and, and see in, in, uh, Texas and come, come on, go on the ice with you down there. Oh, Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're, yeah. You, you, we definitely need to get you back down here. Uh, if you ever decide to, to visit your brother, I'll, I'll make sure to definitely uh, hop out on the ice with you. Uh, I can't say that, uh, you know, I, there's still some bad habits that I've had since I was a young kid that'll probably never get rid of. But uh, at the end of the day, I'm still, I'm, I, I, Coach Butch, I'm, I'm out on the ice probably five out of the seven days out of the week. So uh, that alone should make you proud. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm out there. Yep. I'm, I'm, I'm on the ice. Uh, I'm a lifer. Um, this is just how it goes. But uh, either way, um, well, real quick, I got to go ahead and tell the people 
how to uh, get a hold of us here, and then I'll let you go. But uh, we call this the Matt Taylor list. Um, so here's where you can find us. You can find us on faceoffspotpodcast.com. I'll say that one more time. That's faceoffspotpodcast.com. Uh, you can check us out on iTunes. You can check us out on Spotify. Um, we are also on Facebook and Instagram if you want to check us out there. But uh, either way, we have episodes coming out every Thursday. And um, yeah, we should have some really good uh, episodes coming up. Uh, Butch, I got some uh, fellow teammates I can't say now. Um, but I have some old teammates of yours that are that are in the works here, and we're gonna try and uh, try and bother here in a bit. Uh, your brother is also on that list, so I've bothered him enough. I think I can get him to come on. Uh, Clage, I mean, um, but we're uh, we're gonna find a way to get him on. But uh, either way, Butch, thank you so much for taking the time out and uh, for joining us today, and I really appreciate you coming up. Thank you, Adam. As always, great to see you, and uh, it was a great time. Hey, Take uh, care. God bless. Always. All right. You too, Butch. All right. Hey, thank you so much.